This is Pops in a Pod with Nadir Pop and Peter Pop. Episode 74 Mental Health During the Lockdown Part 3. The views expressed on this episode are of an expert. It is not a substitute for medical advice. Listeners are encouraged to seek medical advice before taking up any new treatment. Warning. This episode features description of anxiety and depression listener discretion is advised what you are talking about is a very serious case of health anxiety that we are dealing with and grief grief for not just for the people that we are losing now but grief also for life as we knew it and this grief is happening at a very subliminal level for all of us yes things are looking pretty bad and i'm sure all of us at this stage are experiencing something related to covid in its worst form ever we hope that everyone listening to this right now is doing well and staying safe and we sincerely hope all your family members are okay um as you can tell from the title we are in lockdown again uh, here in the city of mumbai and india is by far the worst affected country as far as the second wave of coronavirus is concerned um we are facing a lot of operational and logistical problems you would have heard on the news whether it's to do with hospital beds um the oxygen or rather the lack of and it's yeah we we in com- complete state of pandemonium yeah i agree nader things are quite grim and you know unfortunately a lot of people that we're talking to are currently recovering or you know dealing with covid-19 at the moment and i think all of it just kind of at the end of the day takes a toll on you especially when you're like trying to go through social media and you just see you know requests for oxygen tanks or medicine yeah it's it's getting worse and uh, it's clearly not doing any good um to anyone as far as your mental status concern right um everyone's talking about the the physical aspect of um covid the symptoms are getting worse the variants new variants and mutants of the you know the virus is coming in so it's it's clearly affecting everyone physically but uh, not too many people are talking about your mental state of mind as um as an individual and that's exactly what we want to do today because we are joined by a mental health professional to discuss how do we deal with this lockdown again for the second time we're joined on this episode uh, by prachi vesh uh, she's a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist also a certified clinical trauma specialist she's founded the emotional wellness initiatives and is also a mom to a 12 year old boy we spoke to prachi in a lot of detail about the situation what can be done what shouldn't be done and she also spoke about uh, multiple experiences that she came across through her clients so let's jump straight in and have a chat with prachi hi prachi uh, welcome to pops in a pod thanks for taking time out and joining us on this episode Thank you so much Peter it's it's a pleasure to be here and I'm very excited to be talking to the two of you because I've been following you for quite some time and I think what you guys do is just amazing All right Th- thanks so much I mean we Thank really so appreciate much, it 
We so, do, we really do. I mean, it, it's it's good to be recognized. So it means a lot coming from you. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, Prachi, one of the things uh, Nader and I have been kind of talking about over the last couple of weeks is, you know, it's, it's reached a stage where you can't kind of ignore just the number of COVID cases going up. Uh, your social media is kind of just filled with requests for medicines, auction, oxygen tanks and all of that. And over a period of time, you know, like initially you kind of are kind of going back to last year when we first went in lockdown and you're thinking, is it going to be another lockdown again? Is it going to be as serious as that? But uh, we're recording this on the 23rd of April and uh, Nader and I are now going to be under strict lockdown for another week or so. How are things in Lucknow? I mean, you're based out of there, so it's a completely different scenario there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been crazy this year and I don't think anybody expected this to come back so vehemently as it has. And here things are also pretty bad, although I haven't stepped out. So I really don't have an on-ground idea of what it's really like. But obviously going by, uh, I mean, this time there is not a single person in any of my WhatsApp groups who is not directly affected, either infected themselves or somebody in their family has recovered, is going through it or, you know, on the uh, verge of it. So going by that, I think it is definitely much worse this time as compared to last time, because last time it was like, okay, something is happening in the country and we are under lockdown and all, but somehow nobody in my direct circle had been infected. So it was still like a distant reality kind of thing. But uh, this year, yes, it is. it has become very, very real. So many of my close people have lost people and uh, some of them are still in quarantine or in home isolation. So uh, I agree with you. It's been it's been quite mind boggling. You know, Prachi, this episode um, that, that we are kind of curating at this point is you know, all about the pandemic and, and eventually what is it that people are going through from a mental standpoint, because uh, it's something that none of us have have kind of seen. Um, but I want to take you back uh, over a year ago, right? Would you, in your wildest dreams, imagine that a situation like this would come and we would be witness to something like this? I, I, want, I want you to answer as a, as a human being and as a professional as well. I'm glad you said that because uh, last year when things started to, you know, sip, settle down, I actually wanted to do a blog post about this, that, you know, my experience of the pandemic as a human and as a mental health professional. So I'm really glad you said that. But oh boy, no, I never imagined that it would be something like this, that we would get to witness something like this. In fact, I remember uh, in 2020, you know, after the lockdown started, for a good two months or so, it used to feel very surreal, you know, the silence and, uh, you know, the idea that you cannot go out if you wanted to, even for basics, it would be uh, difficult. And then when things started to ease up and you would step out, it weirdly to me always reminded me of those, you know, post-apocalyptic movies where people would be you know all masked up and then you know everybody is wary and not uh, not really connected to each other in fact trying to maintain as much distance as possible and it used to be very uh, very depressing honestly and i i hate those movies on i can't but they they just like uh, make me so sad like thinking about a bleak future like that but it felt last year that 
it had arrived you know things that we had been watching in movies it, it had honestly arrived and you were wondering whether it is ever going to go back to normal yeah i'm not going to lie like when i used to go grocery shopping like once every couple of weeks and all i actually felt like you know that i am man or i can't remember the will smith movie right where he's kind of going and he's like the last man left it kind of felt like that right it was straight out of a True. scene like that exactly. and considering and considering we live in a place like bombay right which is so crowded like there's impossible for you to get like i don't know a couple of feet distance on either side from anybody so yeah i totally understand with what you're saying yeah so i mean you spoke at least about uh, as a human being right but what about as a you know a professional as a mental health professional how was that kind of the entire year shift kind of look back at it as a mental health professional what i noticed was like i think a lot of people that suddenly mental health really came into the forefront people started realizing that oh there is something known as mental health and you know it is a it is a very tangible thing before that it was probably seen as something stars talk about or you know something that wouldn't touch the lay person wouldn't touch a common man average person like that but uh, i think 2020 really just made people realize that oh you know what i'm going through certain feelings and this has nothing to do with my work or my relationship but overall something is happening inside of me and what is this and then everybody is like oh this is mental health you know your mental health is affected it is taking a toll so there uh, two things one on a slightly positive note what happened was that a lot of my clients who were there with me but not very regular with therapy suddenly became extremely uh, you know uh, consensus about following therapy uh one because initially they felt like they had a lot of time so they wanted to work on themselves and they thought that oh you know this would be a good opportunity because honestly i don't think anybody initially realized how long this is going to last so people thought okay it's it's just a matter of some time so let's utilize it so people became regular with therapy some clients started having a mental churn and then they thought okay let's explore this so i got new clientele and the other thing that happened was so many people wanted to make a foray into the career of mental health that yeah. was something really interesting that i witnessed i i just wanted to button saying that you know yeah i saw at least and there was kind of those things where you know influencers kind of on instagram and all of that started offering help or started offering alternate solutions right is that that's what you're talking about right uh that uh, that's a different thing actually i am talking about the fact that a lot of people wanted to actually make a career switch into mental health you know i had it professionals i had uh management professionals coming in and asking me how we can make the switch you know what is it required for uh, us to uh, get into mental health and some of them were quite serious about it you know they did genuinely want to become mental health professionals although it's not uh, that simple to make a switch like that but it was interesting to see that people were thinking about it and then there was the other side that you were talking about peter that who you know uh, felt like see it's one thing to want to lend someone a shoulder to cry on but it's another thing to actually go about it systematically in a in a scientific evidence based manner which is something that a lot of people don't realize about mental health help 
or about mental health professionals that we go through years of rigorous training and then we get to where we are it's not as simple as giving advice it's actually therapy is not giving advice at all it's contrary to that uh, you know the other day i was just having a discussion with someone on a, one of the facebook groups and they happened to say that oh you know what i i i get what you're trying to say and you know i don't know what you would do in your session because i also counsel a lot of people and i have counseled so many people <laughs> and you know uh, i wouldn't say that and i was trying to tell this person that you know that's exactly the difference you counsel people i do psychotherapy okay there's a huge difference because when i'm doing psychotherapy i am not taking a moral stand at all there was this debate going on about some morality or something as i am not going to take a moral stand at all because for me everyone is treated with unconditional positive regard so yeah you know that started happening your know, people started coming up in uh, unfortunately you know everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon and say in fact you won't believe i had calls from people saying that oh, you know what i put a status on my facebook saying that my door is always open and if you're feeling uh, suicidal or if you're feeling uh, uh, depressed you can come and talk to me i copied it and pasted it on my status and i'm actually getting calls now what do i do can you tell me like quick tips that i can give them Yeah, that, I that was, was like, one of those viral status messages that went everywhere, right? Exactly, and I said, "How do you expect me to combine like fifteen, twenty years of my training into five tips for you? Why did you do that if you felt like you you weren't ready for it?" See, this is what people don't realize. Like, you, you say something, you send something out there, somebody who needs it will latch on to it and will turn to you, and then you have to be there. And it's you know, it's not an easy task. you know prachi you 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 brought up one very important aspect about mental health and the understanding that yes you can be ill mentally as well and in india it's very dismissive like people are very dismissive about that that topic are kuch nahi hai yaar wo phase hai tumhara ya to pagal hai wo pagal hai usko nahi samajh mein aata hai right we are very dismissive of of this mental health and it's only in the recent years that we have slowly started accepting that yes there is something as mental health and you know there are conditions that can directly affect your brain jo aapko bahar se nahi dikhta uska matlab ye nahi ki andar kuch you know everything's fine um do you think the the whole pandemic has brought it out in the for even more now and people who probably were so dismissive of it have now slowly started accepting ke ha yaar problem hai there is an issue and it has to be treated 100% yes that has totally happened i have a 21 year old client whose father used to say mental health kuch nahi hota hai ये आजकल के जमाने का टर्म है जो तुमने बना लिया है हमारे जमाने में मेंटल हेल्थ नहीं होता था एंड शी टू टेल हर डैड दैट यू नो मेंटल हेल्थ तो हमेशा से होता था आप मानोगे या नहीं मानोगे एंड द सेम पीपल आफ्टर 2020 एट द एंड ऑफ इट दे से दैट यू नो यू सीम टू हैव मेड क्वाइट लॉट ऑफ प्रोग्रेस विद थेरेपी एंड समथिंग इज वर्किंग इट सीम्स लाइक समथिंग इज वर्किंग so you know this this itself tells you that people who were dismissive of it have at least started to acknowledge it that some of them have still got a long way to go but acknowledgement has definitely come in that yes there is something tangible known as mental health and it can uh, have a se- severe impact on a lot of things and i think this dismissiveness also comes from this idea that the more you battle you know the stronger you are if somebody is going through something then people are dismissive because then it's like 
oh you know you want everything easy but sometimes what's wrong with having it easy right like everything doesn't have to be a battle yeah that's the, the change is definitely coming right so you know having said that and setting the context uh, for the rest of our conversation one of the major things at least in the last couple of weeks that's affected us and unfortunately it's come to india much later than the rest of the world is the second wave of this pandemic right towards the end of last year january also you had a lot of people traveling going you know various places everyone was posting selfies or boarding pass and airport uh, pictures and all of that so clearly they were already in that mindset that you know what corona is really gone or you know we kind of got over this to be honest nobody saw it coming until say a couple of weeks ago and now it's reached a stage where there's actual fear right i mean somebody sneezes or coughs next to you because of the way that you know the coronavirus has mutated also it's affecting every second person like you said right uh, when we started our conversation there's similar story with nadir and me everyone either we speak to is either currently you know having corona virus recovering from it do you see a sense of fear now setting in among the people definitely there's a lot of fear and uh, there's a difference in the fear as it is this time as compared to what it was last time last time we were blindsided we didn't know what hit us and when something shocking like this happens but it is also unknown you get a little bit wary and quiet and you you get watchful so it was easier for everybody to sort of fall in line you know and uh, just do what it took at that moment of time because you didn't know what you were dealing with so that fear was more uh, a fear of something unknown something new then it sort of normalized because again human beings are amazingly resilient people amazingly resilient like we we can get used to anything so we got used to this also and things started normalizing and going back to what we thought could be the life as we knew it pre corona virus and then all of a sudden this blew up in our faces a couple of weeks ago. uh we were talking about traveling peter i did that myself i posted this retreat in goa in february i went i traveled i posted pictures and stories and like everything felt uh, normal and then i came back and within like four weeks things started changing again and this time the fear is of something known both fears can be extremely debilitating when you don't know something you fear that you you don't know what it might do to you so you're extra cautious but when you fear something which is known to you then you think that oh i've mastered this once i can do it again and that also makes you a bit take it for granted a little bit and then it starts to escalate and escalate and this time now people are along with the fear they are struggling with the inertia of uh, life having gone back to normal and then having to stop it again yeah and that's taking time would you say that part of this would have been that now we know that there's a vaccine right and people are actually getting the vaccine you know that's the difference between the known and the unknown right last year we didn't know if there was going to be a vaccine when it would come out now you kind of have a timeline in there that okay logo ko vaccine mil raha hai kuch logo ne liya hai would would you say that has played a role i'm sure it has i'm sure it has because i did see a lot of people when the vaccination started uh, and it was clearly 
instructed that there will be two, two doses and after the second dose a few weeks after the second dose the antibody formation would start to take place uh, that was uh, what we were being told but right after the first dose a lot of people did get complacent i would say so i i do think that it had a role to play also to a certain extent and knowing that you you have some sort of a defense coming also does help you uh keep the fear at bay but you know uh, prachi there are so many things even as an individual that i uh, i have noticed about this whole lockdown situation whether you're working from home or you're parenting 24/7 uh, household work whatever it is i think all of us at an individual level have found this new plane that we never thought we'll discover mentally right so i know what fear means but i have found a whole new level of fear I know what frustration means, but I have found this whole new level of frustration that I never thought I'd be able to tap into, right? And it's happening. It's happening to everyone. Whether it's work, we are frustrated. Whether it's, you know, being at home twenty four seven, not being able to go out, um, you know, it, it, it's frustrated people. The strain it puts in relationships, whether marriage or you know, being being a father, being a son, being a daughter, whatever it is, it's just reached a level now you don't know how to deal with that. Have you? come across such cases where you know you felt that wow this is something that uh, is happening to a lot of people and it's common and we don't know what's what's happening because in in one year so many things have changed yeah absolutely like you said uh, the relationship aspect has really come forward i did get a lot of cases where the client started with this statement that you know everything was fine between us but ever since the lockdown started we are at it with each other so uh, and then you knew where the story was going to go right so yes that that definitely happened and i encountered a lot of it in my own household i think to a certain extent um and also you know obviously with my clients and with my friends it was extremely frustrating because you had outlets earlier where if you were feeling frustrated or you had a conflict or you were just stressed out you could go and diffuse that but now you had no option but to confront it because you are there the person that you're having the conflict is right there nobody has anywhere else to go so you better sit down and you face it so that i think also brought about a lot of stuff to the surface for people families couples or you know other other relatives that they had probably uh, been able to keep at bay but then now they wanted they they had no choice but to deal with it so while it looks like a lot of people did suffer through this a lot of people also did work through a lot of stuff i'm very glad uh, that you said that because you know for a lot of people listening i'm sure they can relate right i mean everyone thinks that nahi nahi uske ghar mein hi hota hai ya uh, it's that person or that person but i think one of the things we've all learned in the last years you know spending time alone right because again i'm coming you living in india you're constantly surrounded by noise and sound and all of that no one was used to dealing with the silence and when you're in the silence you're introspecting at the same time right you're actually kind of in a way mentally i would say looking into a mirror and that can be really tough uh, for a lot of people yeah it's very tough it's it's not easy facing all the stuff that we keep 
sweeping under the rug on a daily basis and we do that a lot like with our own emotions with things that we go through with other people it's definitely not easy confronting a lot of people had to also confront you know fears uh, of being alone of not having help nearby of not having anyone to reach out to in the middle of the night uh, of uh, being stuck in an unfamiliar place a lot of these things turned into reality for so many people and they had to fight through it they had to you know hold themselves through it because there was nobody else to hold them yeah yeah and you know i'm glad you brought that point up because one of the things at least we've noticed in the last few weeks at least the last month to be more specific is the whole aspect of you know your loved ones because like we said right a lot of people their close family and friends are now contracted corona last year it was just you know nameless people or just numbers that you would know so many people got but now you actually know people who've got corona and you know in really severe states you're also dealing with grief because some people are passing away is that something that you've seen and how do you kind of deal with that if i may ask so what you're talking about is a very serious case of health anxiety that we are dealing with and grief grief for not just for the people that we are losing now but grief also for life as we knew it and this grief is happening at a very subliminal level for all of us Let's talk about the health anxiety first so anxiety is a protective mechanism given to all of us we, we when we think of anxiety we think disorder but anxiety by itself is not a disorder anxiety is a protective signal inbuilt into all of us to warn us of threat so when we encounter a threat it the signal activates this part in our brain which puts us into the fight or flight mode because it thinks that you need to be protected and this threat can also be a perceived one so there may not actually be anything there but you may still feel it like if you're walking through a dark alley at night you will still feel anxious because anything might happen now something may or may not actually happen but you will still feel it because that's your protective mechanism at work in this case we have seen a very very real danger and health anxiety is a it has become a very real thing for everyone either you are going through it if you have symptoms this happened to me just two days ago i woke up with a slight headache and a little sore throat and the entire day i was petrified i was like you know constantly watching myself with every swallow i'm thinking oh my god has it gotten worse has it gotten worse what's happening what else is happening am i experiencing cold like symptoms uh, am i experiencing fatigue and by the end of the day i was just exhausted watching myself sorry i think everyone can relate to that i think everyone's had at least one experience uh, of this in the last month i'm sure right so and and then the, by the next day i was like i can't do this you know okay fine you know if if it it has happened or it has to happen there is nothing i can do about it but to get tested but i'm just going to watch but if i continue to just focus on this then that day i could not take any clients i was feeling so tired i had to cancel my appointments i was like no i can't do this and i'm really scared and i'm really scared and it just kept playing in my mind by next day when i woke up i was absolutely fine 
but you know uh, that day went by in so much fear so obviously uh, this is like magnified multiple times for everyone because we are seeing it we are hearing it we are dealing with it in our families mm, i have couple of new clients come in who are saying that you know my father had a little uh, brush with low sugar and while it was low sugar now i can't stop thinking that what will happen if he gets covid and she's not able to sleep she's not able to focus she's not able to work nothing they live in the neighborhood but she's just she's calling them 20 times a day and checking up on them and then we are talking about it in session and we are thinking and i'm asking her that you know okay what is the worst case scenario here and she's like oh what then he gets covid i said okay then what do we do do we have a contingency plan what is what is our area of control all of that is happening right but uh, beyond a point you cannot rationalize this because your brain will not let you the anxiety is in full blow and it is there for a reason if we were not anxious we would not be protecting ourselves we would not be masking up we would not be sanitizing we would not be uh, limiting contact so this is the time to recognize that we are having a normal reaction to an abnormal situation there are there are two things that that you mentioned and uh, i i'm i'm going to split this in into two questions or, or we can take it one by one you spoke about the whole fight and flight aspect right that anxiety is just a defense mechanism that kind of kicks in and i think all of us are sort of going through it because the situation demands it right but on the other end of the spectrum you have people who have accepted it and to the extent where you know loko bhi sochte hai ki yaar zindagi abhi itni sasti ho gayi hai ki marna to hai you all have to die might as well accept it what's the point kitna tension leke kyu jeena hai hona hai to ho jayega ek din do you also feel that that has also now kind of come into the like it's a very strange dichotomy that people are living in right now i mean you saw the first wave and you said ke how we have we had to all align to it and then the second wave came in and they are like okay yeah it's worse now what, what do we do right you know so have you noticed this also i'm really glad you brought that out that it is actually a spectrum you're right you know at one end there are people who will be hyper vigilant and on the other end there will be people who have moved past that and realized that there is only so much in my area of control and when i have done this after this it's not in my hands okay so we all like do two two kinds of coping we do problem focused coping and we do emotion focused coping when the problem is definable when you have definable solutions you do problem focused coping so in this covid case the problem definable problem is what is the precaution that you can take to protect yourself so you do your three things right you wash your hands you sanitize you mask up and you maintain social distancing and you don't step out five things okay beyond this the problem becomes indefinable undefinable because now i've done this now what i wait and watch so this becomes an area where the variables go out of your control and when the variables are not in your control it's like being uh, okay an extreme example but it's like being taken hostage by a terrorist so you wait and you wait for the variables to change until they actually come under your control so then you can do something about it until that happens you really cannot 
so this is radical acceptance radical acceptance is knowing that i have done all i could now i cannot do anything until the variables change radical acceptance is not surrender it's not that okay i have given up like this the situation can do whatever it wants to me but i am choosing to recognize that my area of scope is till here and beyond this now i have to wait for the variables to change until i can do something so the and other spectrum that, is this and is that something that seek that uh, you know your clients reach that point that theek hai let's calm ourselves down and wait for the variables to change is, is that is that a good thing my my simple question would be yes. is that a good thing to be in? it is absolutely a good thing because when we uh, that is why uh, i said that it's not surrender surrender is something else right you give up uh, or, or you learn this helplessness that oh, I, nothing is in my hands and all so this is none of that this is radical acceptance it is a dynamic concept uh, it is a concept which also does not let you feel out of control so it's a good place to reach because when you try and invest energy in variables that are not in your immediate area of control you end up dissipating a lot of energy with no outcome and that frustrates you that keeps you in a mental loop when you can't stop thinking about it because you're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist it's not definable so then you're trying to solve emotions i'm feeling afraid what do i do about this what do i do about you can't solve emotions you can only solve problems that's such a nice way to put it so it's 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 actually a good thing then i mean you 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 have to reach that stage of status that okay, yes okay i i've done all that i could have i've overcome it or i've got over it in a way now let's just see what the next uh, hurdle is but until until that point yeah i mean this is this is all i can do and beyond this is out of my control yeah recognizing that like a deliberate choice rather than something that has been thrust upon you so prachit the second part of my question was you you spoke about one of your clients um, you know who was constantly worried about her her parents because they they lived in different parts ge- geographically speaking how do you think a person needs to deal with the situation especially when they are abroad and their left loved ones are in in india like i can't imagine what what they might be going through mentally so uh, is 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 there some something that you've experienced with your clients or have you have you thought of a a process or an understanding of what that person is going through uh, obviously yes it is very hard to imagine what someone like that would go through where uh, you want to reach your parents and you cannot reach them and you are so far away geographically that if they need you you can't be there in in a jiffy that that kind of situation is unfathomable because also when it comes to parents i i think psychologically until they are in crisis we don't even realize how much our identity is tied to their lives a parent seeing a parent struggling for their life is very awakening in a way it it, it makes you realize that you are today here because they were there and you don't know life without them no matter how old you are you might be in your 40s 50s a parent is a parent so it's absolutely impossible to imagine what someone like this would go through uh but in terms of dealing with it this virus is something that if you have it you will anyway be isolated 
it disconnects you when you need people the most so it really wouldn't matter if you are 2 kilometers away or two continents away the best way to deal with is i think to prepare in advance all the resources that may come in handy if need arises and having everything ready you know to go checking in because right now there are people who are in isolation in home quarantine and doing video calls to each other from different rooms because you can't go into the room right so even when you are in the same house yes it's a psychological support that yes somebody is there in the same house but you're still not together so checking can happen taking stock of the situation can also happen but preparing for resources is is of utmost importance make a list of people who can reach there in a moment's time make a list of medical supplies that can be reached make a list of uh, help that can be reached sample collection centers who will come home and collect a sample if required the more you prepare the lesser anxiety you deal with because that is what anxiety is anyway prompting you to do it is prompting you to prepare and at some point it is wiser to again achieve radical acceptance that i cannot be there so i nothing is to be gained by investing energy in ruminating over this thought that i cannot be there rather i can utilize that energy better in making better prep more prep there is no end to the prep that you can do if you have five, names for 5 labs you can have names for 10 labs that's energy better utilized because when you start to ruminate then you are putting energy into again solving an emotion you're feeling anxious you're feeling disappointed that you're not there all these emotions are taking place and then or even guilt for some people so you're energizing that emotion and then making it stronger and stronger with no solution coming out of it because you can't solve emotions so you might as well try and define the problem and then solve it you may not get there today but you may get there 15 days later you may get there next month till then it's important to keep them safe and what are the best ways to keep them safe and god forbid if something happens what is the contingency plan well that that's actually some great advice uh, thanks a lot prachi for that but another thing we've noticed and this is more specific to the second wave right is in the last month and i was looking at statistics here in uh, mumbai itself a lot of children are now contracting covid right and as a result of that and i'm guessing this is probably to do with the mutant strain that's here this is you know kind of set in a different level of anxiety for parents i mean last year you know we had that thing that okay people above 60 have it and things like that to theek hai bachcho ko kuch nahi hoga and all of that but now you know with the number of cases and i'm actually hearing and i know of a few people who've kids has had it it's there at the back of your head i mean i'm not going to deny it's at the back of my head always that hey what will i do and you know does your advice kind of still stand in there for all the parents listening in uh it does stand but it will have to be probably a little modified in the case if your child if you're worried about your child contracting it and i i agree with you peter like 
I have also thought about it. Every, I have a 12 year old son and um, ever since this time I started reading that oh, children are also getting it and a lot of children are getting it. I am thinking every day that oh, if by chance he gets infected, how do I leave him alone in isolation? I can't do that. You yeah, know. yeah, true. What, what is he going to do? Even if I know that he can take care of himself, he's 12, he's independent, he's older and all of that. I still cannot bear the idea of leaving him alone in isolation. So I'm telling myself, fine, I'm going to go into the quarantine with him. I don't care what happens. Yeah. I mean, right. and can you imagine Nadir's daughter and my son are just four. So it's a complete yeah. different thing. Like, how do you explain to them what's happening, right? Forget the everything else how do you just mainly just tell them that hey this is what is going to happen so i think nadir and i will kind of also do a similar thing like you bite the bullet go in quarantine absolutely and there is the, nothing else to do and and the beauty is that the kids have the i think most amount of confidence right now right if like there's no way you can instill fear in a child about coronavirus because they are like ha matlab even if they fall sick, they'll never, they'll never feel, oh my God, for them, sickness is just the worst thing that a child can ever experience because they can't go out and play, they can't eat their favorite food, they can't, you know, be physically uh, active or whatever. So, I mean, it's just amazing because the kids who we are constantly worried about are the least worried, uh, you know, target audience or, or population, <laughs> right? now They don't care. They're like, haan, thik, ghar pe, mami, papa, hai, maza hai. Koi ja ra, pura din hai. So I, I, I kind of get that. Yeah. So I was saying that, you know, I, I do think about that. And I think if, if God forbid my son gets infected, I'm going to go into quarantine with him. I don't have an option. That's not something that I can look at because uh, probably uh, I can take care of myself and take care of him and if both of us are in the same boat it's okay you know uh, but mentally preparing yourself is hard is going to be hard because imagining your child uh, becoming infected with something that you have absolutely it's not like viral fever that you've dealt with before or it's not a case of allergies that you've dealt with before my my son has allergic asthma and uh, i mean he's, he's been uh, extremely sick so many times but there, I still know what is the course the allergy is going to take. In this, I have no idea. So if I have no idea, the best thing I can do is stand with him. And that's the best thing any parent can do. That if it comes to that, you will stand with your kid. You will be there. You will talk them through it. And uh, you were saying, right, that how do you explain it to a four-year-old? Kids have amazing understanding of feelings, if not concepts, they can sense things. And uh, now that you were saying that they, they seem to be the least affected. It is this ability to be living in the moment that is going to protect them. Because fear destroys our immune system like nobody's business. And what is happening with a lot of us is that the moment we are feeling the first symptom as adults, we are spiraling into fear. And we are giving the immune system a good chance to, uh, you know, just succumb to whatever is coming and attacking you. Kids don't have that. They have an amazing ability to be in the moment. It's, it's a gift that they can't look at the bigger picture sometimes. So they can be there and they can fight through it like they would fight anything else. So it doesn't overtake their psyche. 
and that is that is going to really protect them so we can talk to them we can you know at least open that channel with them that you know whatever you are feeling you can come and tell me you can just we can talk about it and we have to be careful not to transfer our fear into them in this situation more than anything else it's good to be careful it's not good to be petrified so whatever activities you have to get them to do to be safe it can be turned into a game it can be turned into something a, a, a ritual a parent child ritual that you're doing together we are washing hands 12 times a day let's see who does it first you can still achieve the same results right you don't have to transfer the fear into them it's like i hated maths as a kid and now when i want to teach him maths i have to be so careful that i don't end up transferring that fear of maths because i know he then he will live with it throughout is the same funda here also no it's it's absolutely right uh, sometimes you you tend to you know expose expose children with with your emotional liabilities that you try all your life not to transfer but you just end up doing right whether it's well mostly uh, you know subconsciously i i suppose um you know prachi in 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 your experience uh, keeping the current situation in mind which are the type of people who've who've most been been affected by by this situation if i had to just give you like a just like a dipstick you know that whether whether you 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 break them down into uh, age gender or some any other mental spectrum that you want to put them which is that that population that in your experience that you've seen or encountered who are most affected by this entire thing you mean psychologically yes i think the bracket of people who are i'm i'm just saying this as a as a pure observation i have no stats and no studies to support this but in my observation people in the age bracket of let's say 25 to 45ish and this group because they are the most social media savvy people yeah, who are so not good. so exposed to social media are able to handle it better in my observation Uh, okay. because they are not bombarded all the time then clearly at least if you're looking at a dipstick there is a clear relation between social media and uh, your mental health that's what you're saying right that's my observation absolutely like i yeah, am I, desperately trying to not read anything that is coming my way yeah i i've done that in the last 10 days i so wanted to in fact i was thinking about posting something today and saying that you know it's okay if you don't want to uh be in the thick of things forwarding messages and relaying information uh, for a couple of days if you don't want to do that that doesn't make you a bad person yeah because yeah. most of the times what i'm also realizing it what's happening in groups is that there is a query that comes in and then 35 responses will come in out of those 35 probably only one will pan out but in those 35 messages there's this new discussion that will start and suddenly you know you are talking about oh my god how grave the situation is how bad it is the person who's put in the query is aware it is grave you don't need to reinforce that 35 times so in the name of a lot of information a lot of uh, fear is also being transmitted good work is happening no doubt 
if we don't transmit this information a lot of people don't get the information of you know where to find the meds where to find oxygen where to find beds all of that is there that's very true but it's also okay to not do this 24/7 true true but prachi today i think we've learned so much the the, the kind of situation it, it might it might seem very simple but the way you've kind of peel the multiple layers uh, from from an emotional standpoint from a physical standpoint i i really like the way you spoke about um, anxiety and what it really is so um our, our heartful thanks for this and you know we really appreciate that you unpacked so much for us at this stage thank you so much i'm glad uh, i was able to do that uh, before we go i just want to say that do not uh, whoever is listening in do not underestimate the power of conversation if you are struggling with so much bubbling up inside of you find anyone that you can talk to but just get it out because we also have this amazing tendency of creating huge castles in our head uh, that become our own prisons and once you're trapped there is very hard to get out so before that happens get out connect with someone yes we are physically distant from each other but that doesn't stop us from connecting and reaching out and the first thing that depression does is try it tries to isolate you it tries to tell you that it's not a good idea to reach out just be quiet and stay with me it's a very sinister seducer that way do not listen to that the more it is telling you to go inward that way please reach out and and connect just connect talk about the last series you watched or you know talk about how cricket is not happening and you know the last match that you watched whatever it is that you want to talk about but just stay connected to someone at least and do not allow yourself to get isolated because then you will get trapped into this web of your own thoughts that's very hard to come out that is so true and i i i think i just wanted to hear that somebody else say that so that it just sort of reinforces your your own understanding of what all of us are going through so yeah those that that was a very powerful statement to make prachi so thank you so much because that's a lot to reflect on and so before i let you go for people who are tuned in and you know they want to connect with you uh, professionally how do they reach out to you what's the best way uh they can reach out to me through my website uh you can mention it in your notes the website is emotionalwellnessinitiatives.com or they can also text me on whatsapp uh thanks so much uh, prachi again for joining us and my uh, yeah all right thank you guys bye bye so yeah that was our episode on mental health in the lockdown part 3 Yeah absolutely I think this was one of those uh, very important um, episodes that that we do considering the situation that we are in but um, this is the end of uh, April and uh, may we have a very exciting uh, lineup we have some very very enterprising guests who are going to join us so um, to know more and to know what may is going to look like please do follow us um, search for pops in a pod and follow us uh, on instagram and facebook or you can write to us on popsinapod@gmail.com if you have an exciting story to tell us yeah sure share it with us and uh, who knows maybe you'll find your story or you on on the podcast with us having a great conversation until then see you guys all right see you guys next week